0: for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc. Now here's this week's message. Well, good morning, Compassion. Aren't you glad to be in the house of the Lord today? Amen. Amen. Excuse my voice. I noticed while preaching at the other campus today, my voice started going out. And I think it's because of all the praise and wonderful things I say about my wife. For some reason, I don't feel like y'all are believing me. So glad to have you in the house of the Lord, glad to have you at Compassion today, so please excuse my voice, I feel like I'm a blues singer, and uh, but we'll get through this today, amen. Start a new sermon series today called OCD. How many in here have a tendency to be a little OCD? I do. I don't like to call it OCD, I like to call it Perfection. If I come to your house and you got a picture that's crooked, I want you to know I'm going to fix it. I may wait for you to walk into the kitchen or go to the bathroom, but I am going to fix that picture because I'm a little OCD. I had to have things a certain way. In fact, years ago, we had the screens a little different. We had a little tiny hole at the top of the screen. I about lost my Didn't I, Randy? I about lost my mind. They're like, Pastor, nobody can see it. I said, I know it's there. (laughs) And I just about lost my mind knowing that little hole was there. But if I can be honest with you today, I'm not talking about OCD in the way you think. Today I want to talk to you about obsessive comparison disorder. Obsessive comparison disorder. They, in 1954, a psychologist did a study and began to find that there really was a what they call a social comparison uh, uh, theory. And the theory was that we, we compare ourselves to others for survival, that we compare ourselves to others for defensive reasons. The problem, though, is we were never designed to compare ourselves to one another. Because where I'm strong, you may not be strong. But where you're strong, I may be weak. And I think we all do it, though. Let's just be honest. We all do it. We're all concerned about what others think, and we're always comparing ourselves to others. Me and my wife and my daughter at a restaurant yesterday and finally got out from the snow, amen, amen. Thursday and Friday, we were cooped up in the house and couldn't get out, and it was the best two days of my wife's life. But she got to hang around her husband for two days. So Saturday, we went out and got some lunch together, and we walked in, and there was a lady kept staring at us. And I mean, I know I'm good-looking, but I thought enough's enough. We sat down at the table, and they sat the lady right beside us, and she kept staring at us. Finally, I texted my wife. and said, this woman keeps staring at us. Cause I'm thinking she's judging us or thinking something about us, or heard I'm a preacher in town, the worst preacher. Hey, that's that compassion preacher. She's terrible. You know. If I'm the Lord takes that, she goes, I know the woman. But we're always comparing ourselves to, to others, we compare our lives to other people's highlight reels. Mark Twain said it this way comparison is the death of joy. Comparison is the death of joy. Jane Travis said this, Comparison makes you feel superior or inferior. Neither serve a useful purpose. So why do we continue and continue and continue to compare our lives to others? Why? Today I want to talk to you some about that. For the next month, today I'll Talked about. In fact, I preached on this scripture not too long ago, but in a different way. Today I'll talk to you about the 12 spies and the Israelites. Next week I'll talk to you about Mary and Martha. But I want to begin to break you out of this comparison disorder. Get you free in your life. You're called to be you. God has designed you just the way you are, you're unique. Some of you more unique than others. You know what I'm talking about. Yeah, you. But embrace it. Don't fight against it. Accept it. Quit trying to disown it. It's time for you to realize that God has called you to be who you are. Why? Because God has called you to reach people that I or others cannot reach. Nor have an impact on. We spend most of our lives trying to become someone else than who God's called us to be. I want to read the passage to you. It's in Numbers chapter 13, beginning with verse 30 through verse 33. And it said, Then Caleb silenced the people before Moses and said, We should go up and take possession of the land, for we can certainly do it. I wish we had more Caleb's in life. I wish we had more Caleb's in the body of Christ. But the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack those people. In fact, I, I, I want to say it kind of the way in my mind I, I see them responding. I, I think when Caleb said, we can, let's go up and attack them, I, I, I could almost see this look on the face of the other ten spies going, what, what, what? You know those kind of people that do that? Am I the only one who has those kind of friends? Shut up. We can't attack those people. They are stronger than we are. And they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. They said, the land we explored devours those living in it. All the people saw, all the people we saw, there are of great size. We saw the Nephilim. They're descendants of Enoch from the Nephilim. But I want you to hear this part. This is what comparison eventually does in our life. We start believing the comparison lies. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes. You see what they said? See, comparison starts with you and the mentality and the feeling you have. We seem like grasshoppers in our own eyes, and we look the same to them. That's what comparison starts doing to you. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for the word that we're about to receive, and I pray that every heart, every mind to be open to receive, God, what you've got in store. Lord, let not one, not one, leave this house the same way that they came, but be touched and blessed by your presence and by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. They're about to enter the promised land. They've sent 12 spies to, to spy out the land. The 12 spies come back, Caleb, Joshua, say everything the Lord said is true and everything the Lord promised is there but there's 10 other spies that come back and they can't see the, 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 the land flowing with milk and honey because all they can see is the giants. And all the ten, or 10 of those spies can do is compare themselves to those giants and they say they're not good enough or worthy enough. The Bible says that they begin to spread this fear, this worry, this anxiety to the rest of the Israelites and because of that they would not go into the promised land. Today, I want to talk to you about what comparison does in our life. What it does to us as believers. How it affects you and me and and begins to to steal and take what God has purposed for your life. The, The first thing I want you to write down is this comparison lies. Comparison lies. It says in verse 31, but the men who had gone up with him said, we can't attack these people. They are stronger than we are. How do you know they're stronger? How do you know they're stronger than you? Because they look bigger, because they're taller, because they're giants. How do you know? I watched a video one time online. Uh, there was about a something year old man. He was on a bus. And there's this young fella, and somehow or another, this young guy, probably in his 20s, gets in a fuss in a fight with this 60-year-old man about the seat that he's sitting in. And I'm thinking to myself, this ain't going to turn out good for that older man. But somewhere in between the fight, finally the the younger guy literally takes a swing at the older guy. And this something year old man goes, pow! Hits a 20-year-old guy, and he falls on his rear end, and he is knocked out. I laughed. Not just a regular laugh, I laughed. I can't stand bullies. And to see that bully get knocked out by a 67-year-old man even made my day a whole bunch better. See, we never quite understand, nor do we ever quite comprehend, that ju- things are not always what they seem. And what happens is, is comparison will lie. See, comparison tells the lie that says you can't do it. Comparison tells a lie that you can't do it. The problem's too big. The resources are too small. Everybody else has better ability than you do. But see, the problem is most of the time, comparison only tells you the highlight reel of somebody else. It doesn't tell you behind the scenes or the issues they're struggling with or the problems they faced It doesn't tell you that they've had problems getting where they are. Years ago, I got a good good pastor friend of mine that pastors on the East Coast, and, and one day his father told him, he said, Son, I need to tell you, you need to stop singing all the praises of where you got where you were and talk about some of the difficulties that you had to go through. He said, you've got pastors thinking that you got to where you are today with no problems, no hiccups, and no issues. And he said, you're setting up these pastors for failures and for lies. He said, well, Dad, I didn't mean to. I know I've I've went through a lot and I've faced a lot and I've had to overcome a lot. And he goes, exactly. Then you need to start letting some of these pastors know the truth. See, comparison will lie to you and tell you you can't do it. You're not good enough, strong enough. You're not smart enough, you don't have the finances. You don't understand how many times as a church that we've gone to do things and we didn't have the money. I spoke it into existence. I said that we were going to do it even when that moment we didn't have the money. We've now proclaimed that we're going to build a new sanctuary and we uh, probably the cost is about $1.3 million to build this new sanctuary. And I think, oh my Lord, how are we ever going to do it? How are we going to make this happen? But see, here's the thing, I know this, if my God's in it, if my God's for it, then my God will make it happen. See, what we've got to realize and what we've got to understand is that as, as men and women of God, that always comparing your bad to someone else's good is not good for you. See, where God has made you strong, he's not made other people strong. But where God has made other people strong, He hasn't made you strong. There's some things I'm good at, there's some things I'm bad at. But I learned to focus on my strengths and not on my weakness. See, comparison tells a lie that your weaknesses are greater than your strengths. And it ain't true. Oh, you probably got some weaknesses. If you got some weaknesses, raise your hand in here. Oh, you should raise your hand. If you ain't raise your hand, you're a liar. One of your weaknesses telling the truth. We all have weaknesses. In fact, let me say this. If you were to probably write it down, you probably have more weaknesses than you do strengths. But does that mean you're weak or no? What you need to realize is, is there's a lot of things I'm not good at. I'm not good at singing, I'm horrible, I'm terrible. We're gonna get this thing put up here when it says amen or "Owe me, so you guys know when to say amen and not to. (laughs) I know what I'm good at, but I know I'm not good at it. What we do many times is look at our neighbors and see what they're good at, what they're strong at, and because we're not good at it, it makes us feel less. The problem is stop letting it make you feel less and realize well, where I'm good at, I'm good at. God's equipped me, enabled me, and I know that, and I'm not going to worry where I'm not as good as my neighbor. I'm not jealous of Randy because he's got enough hair to put in a ponytail. I don't care because i got a good-looking head. Being, you know what I'm talking about. But see, that's what we'll do. We'll get so fixated, so focused on what we can't do, we miss out on what we can do. See, comparison begins to, to lie to us. Comparison tells the lie that you're not equally as important as everyone else, and you are. You're just as important as anybody else in the kingdom of God. Oh, no, oh, Billy Graham and what he did. and You're just as equally as important. And you're just as equally as loved by God. God didn't love Billy Graham more than he loved you. He loves us all the same. The greatest freedom you'll ever experience in your life is a freedom of this, the freedom of the knowledge that God will never love you anymore, nor God will love you any less. There's not enough sins that you can commit that God will love you any less. But there's not enough great things. Listen, the greater my sermons get, and they do get greater. Where was that amen? Amen. I got to get this little thing behind me that teaches you guys. It doesn't matter if I come up here and I've failed tremendously and there have been Sundays that I've had, I've come and preached a sermon and walked off the stage and go, oh my gracious, that is a dismal failure. God still loved me the same. But there's been days that I've come up here and I've knocked it out of the ballpark. I mean, it need to be written down, put in stone. The pastor's sermon hall of fame. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Yes, you are old, shut up. But God didn't love me anymore. See, that's the truth that we have. But we've got this idea that I look at my neighbor they've got it all together when they don't. That everything's great in their life, which it isn't. They don't have near the mistakes and the things I'm going through. Oh, yes, they do. You just don't see it. And because of social media and the life that we live today, we're able to keep saying that, that, oh, they're better, things are wonderful. No, it's not. Why don't we put the bad, which some of you do, <laughs> and I sure wish y'all would stop. Would do me a favor. Don't put a picture of the church or invite someone to church one sentence and the next line be cussing someone out. Can y'all please stop doing that junk? Amen. Amen. And if you do do that, do me a favor. Go down below when you do that and say, I'm sorry I got hacked. God will forgive you and you can repent later. But just think about Pastor John. See, stop believing the lies of comparison and start believing the truth of Christ. That God's called you, God's equipped you. You've got strengths, and your strengths are greater than your weaknesses. That you're not called to be like everybody else, that you're called to be who God's called you to be. You're called to be unique, you're called to be just like you are. And God loves you that way. The second thing is, comparison spreads. Comparison spreads, and they spread among the Israelites a bad report about the land they had explored. How many know that it may start small like a car? I I never forget back when I had my, my 1972 Ford pickup truck painted 500 shades of white. It had no AC, and it had no heater. Now, I just lied to you. It did have an AC. I had rust in the floorboard, and on a hot day, I could pull back the mat and the AC, the, the wind would come through and it would cool me down. That was my AC. I, I, I'd come to stoplights and it would want to dial myself. I'd have to rev it up vroom, 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 to keep it going, which always meant the little teenage boy beside me thought I was trying to race him in his little pocket rocket. Wee, 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 wee. And I'm like. Vroom, 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 vroom. The problem was, floored or not floored, my truck went the same. Uh, so true, wasn't it? It was terrible. I do it all the time because it sounded mean. It did. It sounded mean, but it wasn't. I wonder how many times I would break down, didn't I? I'd break down and pull on the side of the road. And, and hopefully I'd do the same thing every time I'd pop the hood and go, yeah, it's still there. Because I had no clue what I was doing Robin none. And I would look when cars were by and say, God, why don't you love me like that? Why have I got to drive around this old broken down pickup truck, embarrassed and shamed? God, why can't you get, see, comparison starts small. Why don't I have a car like they have? Why don't I have a house like they've got? Why don't I have a spouse like they've got? Why don't my husband look like his husband? This week we're watching a TV show, and this guy comes on, he's about six foot five, muscles everywhere, and he takes his shirt off. And about that time, I look up, my wife's going, (laughs) No comparison, was it, honey? She said, I was comparing. It wasn't just my wife, my daughter sitting right beside me, both of them, they were both going, uh huh. And I'm like, I'm right here. And she goes, I don't know exactly what she said, but it's like, "Uh I said, baby, I could be that way too if I just worked out every day. See, what happens is comparisons start small. If I had their car, if I had their house, if I just had the job they had, but it begins to spread throughout all of your life. Oh, I wish I had the walk with Jesus they have. Listen, don't ever do that. Oh, I wish Jesus loved me as much as he loves them. Oh, if I could just do what Pastor John did. Oh. See, comparison disorder starts small. That's why the Bible says in the Ten Commandments, we're not to covet. Don't look at your neighbor and say, I wish I had. I wish theirs was mine. Oh, I wish. Don't do that because see, God has uniquely made you the way you are. God doesn't want you to be like everybody else. God doesn't want you to like everybody else. Listen, God wants you to be who God's called you to be because if not, if you allow comparison disorder in your life, it will spread to every part. See, can I tell you something? You keep saying, I wish my wife was like that wife. You don't know that wife behind closed doors. You don't know what that wife's been doing. You don't know what that wife's been saying. Oh, I wish my husband looked good as that husband. Oh, he looks good, but he's a jerk. I wish my car, I wish I had that car. Yeah, but you get the payment with it also. See, comparison spreads, and here's the problem. Not only is it spread in your life, it, expre- it, it, it spreads with those around you. Because the insecurity that comes with comparison disorder eventually will affect your family. They'll see your insecurity. They'll see your negativity. They'll see your complaining. And eventually oh, that, 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 that obsessive comparison disorder begins to spread throughout your family where nothing in your life is ever good enough. doesn't matter. You're always complaining. To one day your wife or your husband finally says, when will it be good enough? The last thing is comparison restricts. Comparison restricts. Listen to what happens in verse 32. The land we explore devours those living in it. And the people we saw there are a great size. See, your comparison to disorder will eventually keep you out of the promises God has for you. See, comparison disorder brings insecurity. I can't do it. I'm not smart enough. I'm not gifted enough. See, Moses. What comparison this order will tell you is: until I get perfect, I can't go up into the land that God's called me to. It's a lie. God's never called for your perfection. God has just called for your willingness. And you got to be willing, as a man or woman of God, to say, "That's it." You know what? Maybe I maybe I don't have hair like Randy. Maybe I don't sing. Abby, Maybe I don't have the money like so and so. Maybe I don't drive the car. But you know what? It's not going to stop me from what God has for me. I'm going to step into the promises of God. I'm going to stop comparing myself because there is no comparison. See, the only thing you compare yourself to is the will of God for your life. That's it always before me, the only thing that I compare myself to is God has asked me to do this and have I done it? God has destined this for my life and am I headed that way? This is what God has spoken for me. Am I doing it? See, that's the only thing you compare yourself to. When you stop comparing yourself to others, it becomes the most liberating thing in the world. You belong where you are. Why? Because God has ordained it for you. You will do what God's called you to do, not because you're perfect. And let me say this comparison disorder is not just for those who compare themselves and feel they're not good enough. Comparison disorder is also for you who keep looking at other people's sin and saying, My sin's not that bad. Well, I may have got, I may, I may got mad and got in a fight with somebody, but at least I didn't kill anybody. Well, in God's eyes, a sin is a sin. Well, you know what? I I, I never robbed a bank. Yeah, but you've been cheating on your taxes for years. Oh. I, I've never assaulted anybody. Yeah, but the way you treat your wife is unspeakable. It becomes an easy way for us as Christians to dismiss our sins. I, I, I don't do drugs, yeah, but you get drunk every night. I don't do crack, yeah, but you smoke weed every day and you're high. I never cheated on my wife, yeah, but you've been talking some talk around with a girl at work, you shouldn't be talking like that to It's funny how we can dismiss our own sins. Stop comparing yourself and say, well, Lisa, I hadn't done that. It doesn't matter. In God's eyes, a sin is a sin is a sin. I don't do well with judgmental religious Christians. My wife told me about a post this week. and Can I share that, baby? Is that all right? This, this, this pastor's wife, Laura's on the pastor's wife page. and This lady gets on there, and she's, I guess, an associate pastor's wife. Gets on there and makes a comment about, well, we just found out recently my pastor has been copy and pasting. Well, that means is he's been going and taking sermons and preaching, somebody else's sermon and preaching it. But she puts in the blog that her pastor's about to retire. In other words, she said, my husband, so we shouldn't, but in other words, she wanted to confront the pastor. And what I want to say is be careful, of that girl, because as soon as you confront him about what he did. <laughs> See, I told a guy that years ago As I had been dealing with something I've been dealing with and had to deal with the deacon board. And I was walking out, and I could tell I was being judged by this deacon. I finally turned to him, and I said, the Lord told me to tell you, be careful of trying to bring everybody's skeleton out of their closet because you got some skeletons in your closet, and you better pray nobody opens the closet and they come rushing out. I said, tell me I'm lying. He goes, don't we all? Years later, his skeletons came flying out of his closet. Stop being judgmental of everybody else's sins. We've all got sins. And because theirs is murder and yours is a slap on the face doesn't mean one's worse than the other. A sin is a sin is a sin. See, comparison is the worst thing you can do in your life to move forward in God's presence and power for your future. Will you stand with me? I want you to bow your head, close your eyes. Let me ask you this. If you're struggling with comparison today, you're always comparing yourself to others, and you always feel like you come up short, I want you to raise your hand. Yes. Lord, I pray for every hand that is raised. Right now, Lord, in Jesus' name, break this off their life. Let them stop living a life based on others. For God, where you've called them to be strong, they're strong. Where they're weak, they're weak. But God, they are equal in the body of Christ. Lord, you love them just as much as any other child. And Lord, I pray today they would stop this comparison of others. And they would be who you've called them to be. I pray it right now. With every head bowed, every eye closed, one last question. If you're here today and you don't know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior, if you're to die today and say, Pastor, I don't know where I'm going, but you want to give your heart and life to Christ, it is so easy. All you've got to do is admit that you're a sinner in need of God's grace and love. Believe that he's the Son of the living God. Died on a cross for you, rose on the third day. And with your mouth, confess Him Lord of your life and you shall be saved. If you're here today and you're allowed to give your heart and life to Christ, I want you to raise your hand right now. Is there anybody? Amen. Is there anybody else? I've had one raise their hand, give God praise. I want all of you to say this prayer with me. Say it loud, proud, knowing there's a new name written down in the Lamb's Book of Life today. Say, Dear Jesus, I invite you to my heart and into my life. Forgive me of all my sins and all my ways. I repent and I come to you and ask you to be the Lord and savior of my life forever and ever amen give god praise we are so happy that you joined us today here at compassion we value family which means we value you if there's any way that we can be praying for you and believing with you for something please make sure that you let us know you guys have a great week and we'll see you here next sunday Thank you for listening to this podcast presented by Compassion Church. We're so glad you joined us today. For more information, including service times and locations, please visit our website, compassion.cc.